When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Steelers' cheap offensive line could cost them dearly in 2022. Welcome to the Steelers' update from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. The Steelers are heading back to Old Latrobe, where championship Pittsburgh teams have been forged under the hot summer sun since 1966. But could this be a historically bad team we are about to see in 2022? The national NFL media and the Vegas odds makers say it is. The Steelers' over-under betting line for the number of wins this season is a paltry 7.5 games. And many say the smart money is taking the under. Why? Well, based on current odds, the Steelers are favorites in just four of their 17s games this year. Come January, a 7-10 record could seem optimistic. So what has so many pro football pundits down on the Steelers? The questions begin right up front with the cheapest offensive line in the NFL. And this group is no bargain if the low salaries and questionable skills again prove costly to both the Steelers' running game and the passing game. Sharp Football Analysis did the math and tweeted out the number that placed Pittsburgh and its bargain O-line dead last in the NFL. Quote, cheapest offensive line in the NFL. Number 29, Seattle. 28.9 million. Number 30, Miami, 27.4 million. Number 31, Chicago, 27.3 million. And number 32, Pittsburgh at $23.7 million. Sure, the Steelers have replaced a gimpy Big Ben Roethlisberger with a young, mobile, former number one pick, Mitch Trubisky. And the already tree-trunk-legged Najee Harris has added even more muscle for 2022. But without adequate protection and blocking up front, the Steelers' offense could stall early and often. This is what many are predicting will occur. Says Yahoo Sports, quote, Mitch Trubisky behind a poor offensive line sounds like a good bet to go 7-10 and 10 or worse, there are enough red flags on this roster to signal this is the season the bottom falls out for Pittsburgh, unquote. Adds NFL writer and podcaster Ross Tucker, quote, the Steelers' offensive line was predictably really bad last year, so they fixed the problem by bringing in free agents Mason Cole and James Daniels. Wait, what? If those guys are the answer, you are likely asking the wrong question, unquote. 
hey, this is a big worry. And the bottom line is the offensive and defensive lines are the foundation of NFL teams. They're the bedrock upon which success is built. But the Steelers' O-line was a sieve in 2021. Meanwhile, the D-line was a turnstile for the opposing ground game, giving up a league-leading 143.8 yards rushing per game last year. In other words, the Steelers seem to be trying to build on a faulty foundation that's crumbling and sinking right under their feet. It could result in a show featuring lots of fecal matter all over the newly named Acrisure Stadium. If it does, you can say the writing and the math was on the wall. The price of NFL success is always high. But for the past two seasons, the Steelers have been trying to build its offensive foundation on the cheap. The resulting renovation and reconstruction bills could be about to come due in 2022. Only time will tell. For now, the Steelers return to their traditional training camp home of St. Vincent College after a two-year exile due to COVID-19. The pastoral Western PA setting is where legendary coaches Chuck Knoll and Bill Cower forged teams of steel out of flesh, blood, and sweat. Clearly, Mike Tomlin and company are hoping a return to the Steelers' tradition can do the same for their rebuilt, retooled, but still talent-challenged 2022 team. Given all the troubling questions and dire predictions swirling around this Pittsburgh team, the only certain thing is there is lots of work to be done. We have much more on the Steelers sinking 2022 odds, their bargain basement O-line that could prove very costly, and the triumphant return to Latrobe for a legion of young Steelers who have never experienced this most unique team tradition. It's all here in your dorm room edition of the Steelers Update Podcast. Hey, and be sure to check out my print column first thing Thursday on Penn Live. It will be packed, as always, with plenty of memes bringing the Steelers' O-line concerns and their training camp hopes to life. Right now, let's get right to it. Next week, the Steelers will be back where they should be in late July. The friendly but sweaty confines of St. Vincent College in Old Latrobe. So what are the young Steelers in for as they shack up two to a dorm room after long, hot two-a-day practices? Here's Brian Batko summing up the St. Vincent experience in a poetic piece for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. He writes, quote, The Steelers' first-round pick, Kenny Pickett, would occasionally ask around about what training camp would be like at St. Vincent College. Eventually, it dawned on Pickett that most of his teammates were in the same boat as he. They never endured a hot, sticky summer days in Old Latrobe. The Steelers returned there for the first time since 2019. Pickett acknowledged that training camp for the Pittsburgh Steelers is more of a cultural phenomenon than your typical two-a-day grind, especially compared to the zippered-up nature of a college football preseason. Said Pickett, quote, I think it'll be really cool seeing the fans every day. 
I've heard there's a ton of support, and we really appreciate all the fans who come out. So I'm excited for that aspect of it as well, unquote. Coach Tomlin likes the notion of Pickett and the other young rookies bonding over their shared circumstances. This is the notion of NFL veterans hunkering down in dorm rooms is a far cry from the five-star hotels they'll be staying in during future road trips. But the decision to return to Latrobe was made by the Steelers, likely starting at the top with team president Art Rooney II. It marks a return to normalcy with a return to their summer home since 1966. The Steelers are now just one of six NFL teams who will leave their home city this year for training camp. And of those six, only five will settle into a college campus for the crux of their team building. Offensive lineman Kevin Dotson, whose camp will be as crucial as anyone as he competes to win the starting job at left guard, called sweating through an August at St. Vincent, quote, a rite of passage to be a Pittsburgh Steeler, unquote. He knows it will be harder than his first two NFL seasons, but he wants to get, quote, the full experience, unquote, like those who came before him. Hey, that's a great piece about the larger meaning of training camp at a place like St. Vincent in Old Latrobe. And believe me, I've been there many times and there's no place like it on earth. And certainly it is the best place for these 2022 Pittsburgh Steelers. And by all accounts, these Steelers will need the work. Yahoo Sports is among the national NFL outlets predicting the bottom is about to fall out in Pittsburgh. Why? Well, it's all about the trenches in the NFL. Here's Mark Drumheller writing for Yahoo about why these Steelers could be burned in those trenches and buried in those trenches this season. Quote, there are enough red flags on this roster to signal this is the season the bottom falls out for the Steelers. Here are three key metrics where Pittsburgh ranked at the bottom of the league that I think will highlight the challenges they will face again this season. First, offensive line, 30th last year. Explosive play rate, 29th last year. Defense, 26th in EPA per rush allowed. Wow. Pittsburgh's on an auto fade for betting if you believe games are won in the trenches. Last season, the Steelers' defense allowed a league-leading 143.8 yards rushing per game, and they didn't do much to improve in the offseason. They have gradually moved away from being the tough, physical team that will impose their will on their opponents and spent their top two draft picks on offensive skill position players for the second straight season. Fortunately, without a strong offensive line, those skill position players will have a tough time succeeding. Last season, running back Najee Harris was one of the league's leaders in broken tackles and was still held to only 29 yards in Pittsburgh's 42-21 playoff loss to Kansas City. The Steelers' free agent signings of Mason Cole and James Daniels do little to improve the outlook of one of the worst offensive lines in all of football, unquote. Hey, that's some damning but realistic stuff 
from Yahoo Sports. And that's the way the NFL is looking at your Steelers. I know it's a different atmosphere in Pittsburgh. There's this sense of renewal and rebirth. But when you're looking at it from the outside looking in, this is what people are saying and what they are seeing. Speaking of that Steelers O-line, it remains perhaps the biggest question mark in Pittsburgh heading into this season. And that's coming off a season of really poor performance up front, which hampered both a gimpy Big Ben Roethlisberger and the purebred running back Najee Harris. Harris never really got on track when it came to game-breaking runs from behind the line of scrimmage. So is the outlook any better for the coming season? Well, it still looks plenty cloudy. Here's Steelers insider Mark Caboli with The Athletic taking a look at that patchwork Pittsburgh line heading into training camp. He writes this, quote, The question is whether this roster is good enough, especially on offense, where there are seven new starters, including the quarterback, a revamp of the offensive scheme under coordinator Matt Canada, and a new philosophy under a new offensive line coach, with three newcomers expected to start up front at the first game against the Cincinnati Bengals down in the jungle land. After revamping their offensive line, the Steelers did it again this season, but hopefully with better results. Along with a new offensive line coach, the unit could very well have three different interior starters this year. The Steelers used a chunk of their free agency money on the line to bring in Mason Cole and James Daniels and give Chukwama Okafor a new three-year deal. Dan Moore Jr. played well enough at left tackle to be penciled into the starting lineup, leaving only one question mark, left guard. Kendrick Green spent the spring sliding over to left guard to battle the off-injured Kevin Dotson. It will be a battle that will be played out in Latrobe. If Dotson stays healthy, he is the front-runner to win that job. Unquote. All great stuff from Kaboli. But he wasn't done. He did a player-by-player breakdown of that still highly questionable Steelers O-line, and he writes this, quote, on Dan Moore Jr. Moore started 16 of 17 games as a rookie and wasn't great, but wasn't terrible. For a fourth-round pick to start from day one at left tackle and not get blown up is encouraging. Also, he was switched from right to left tackle 10 days before the start of the season. Moore should see a significant improvement in his game. He has the smarts to play the position at a high level. He needs to polish his technique. On Kevin Dotson, quote, Dotson has all the tools to be a solid NFL guard. He has the size and the mentality, but he hasn't had the health. He was hurt a handful of times during his rookie year missed the early part of training camp last year, and missed the final eight games last season with ankle injuries. If he can stay healthy, he will be the runaway favorite to start ahead of Kendrick Green at left guard, unquote. Now, Kendrick Green. Well, quote, the Green experiment is over. The Steelers thought they could move Green from guard to center, but it was painfully evident that it wasn't going to work last season. He's just too small. Now Green gets to move a few feet to his left and battle Dotson for the starting guard spot. 
He's more suited for guard than center and should be in the mix to start if Dotson falters, unquote. On Mason Cole, the Steelers showed their hand early in free agency when they signed James Daniels and Cole on the same day. Despite Cole having experience at center and guard, his play at center for the Vikings a year ago sold the Steelers on his ability to help the offensive line this season. Cole started seven games for the Vikings and 32 for the Cardinals, so the experience at a key position on the line was addressed, unquote. Now James Daniels, quote, Daniels cashed in with a three-year, $26.5 million contract to be the Steelers' starting right guard. It was the most money the Steelers have ever given an outside free agent. He started 48 games for the Bears at center and guard, including 17 at right guard last season, and that's where he will play this year. At 24, he's young, yet experienced. Daniels will be looked at as the anchor of an offensive line that needs to improve from last year if the Steelers want to have success, unquote. So right there, he's identifying Daniels as really the key here. But he's not done. Kaboli goes on to look at Chuckas Okafor, quote, It surprised many that the Steelers gave Okafor a three-year, $29.25 million deal, especially after a couple of average years. Okafor said during the spring that he couldn't care less what people think of his new contract, and all that matters is what Tomlin thinks. Okafor, who allowed two sacks last year, is the sixth highest paid right tackle in the league. He doesn't turn 25 until August and hasn't played football very long. So there is upside there. He's entering his third season as the Steelers' starting right tackle and has started 33 of the past 34 games, including the playoffs, unquote. Now for some of the backups in the mix on this 2022 team. We turn to J.C. Hausener. Hausener signed a one-year exclusive rights tender in March that will pay him $895,000 this year alone. It will likely buy him another season with the team at that low rate. Hassener played in 13 games and started three at center in 2021, two of which came at the end of the year in must-win games against the Browns and the Ravens. Against the Browns, the Steelers rushed for a season-high 190 yards. Good stock. Now for another backup, Joe Haig. Haig came to the Steelers last year with not such a great reputation from his four years in Indy and one year in Tampa Bay. That wasn't the case last year as Haig started games against the Packers and Ravens and played in 10 others doing well enough not to get noticed. He can play all five positions and is one of the few reserves who have significant experience. John Legue. Legue started the final five games at guard a year ago and represented himself well. Even though the guard spot seems set, Legue could step up in an instant and play. His ability to also play tackle and center makes him a valuable commodity on game days while he's still growing as a player. He just turned 26. Trent Scott, he was a late addition to the roster from Carolina. He brings experience with him. 
He started 18 games the past three seasons, two with the Panthers and one with the Chargers. There isn't much experience behind the starters more in Okafor, which makes Scott a significant addition if an injury pops up, unquote. Now, there's your player-by-player breakdown of this line, which is drawing questions across the NFL. And there they are on paper. Soon we will see them in training camp. Yeah, there are some additional backup and depth behind those guys, but right there, that is the meat up front that will either get it done protecting Mitch Trubisky and plowing running lanes for Najee Harris, or they won't. Either way, this Steelers season is largely riding upon their production and continued improvement. So how do you feel about their chances, Steelers fans? Well, I mean, I've been telling you the wider NFL world and the Vegas betting market is down, down, way down on your Steelers' chances in 2022. I mean, the betting line for the season wins is 7.5 games. But how would the Steelers, the organization, Mike Tomlin, Mr. Rooney, how would they define success, especially this season, the first without Big Ben Roethlisberger? Well, Pittsburgh radio personality and Trim Live columnist Joe Starkey pondered this all-important question for the Post-Gazette. Here's what he wrote. Quote, I was told many years ago by somebody in the Steelers organization that the team's threshold for a successful season is winning at least one playoff game. Obviously, you want to win the Super Bowl every year. I get that. And we hear it all the time. But you can't base all your decision-making, not to mention your self-worth, on whether you've won the Super Bowl. Win a playoff game and you've probably had a pretty good year. I like that threshold and I'll use it as my answer. The Steelers need to win at least one playoff game to make this season a success. If they don't, they will have gone six years without a playoff win. Moby Dick was a minnow the last time that happened. It was pre-Chuck Noll. In fact, the Steelers' current streak of five years without a playoff win is their longest since the 1960s and early 70s. Sometimes I wonder if the Steelers' standard has slipped. I wonder if Art Rooney II, for example, believes his team had a pretty good year last year in 2021. They went 9-7-1, and one, and they snuck into the newly created third wildcard spot before getting humiliated on national television in Kansas City. Now they're becoming the first team in history to give up at least 40 points in three consecutive playoff games. That is not a good look, and I sure hope Rooney did not view that as an acceptable season. Unquote. Hey, that's a great way Joe Starkey has of looking at this upcoming season. You have to view it in context. You have to view it in the context of the Steelers and Mike Tomlin's playoff utility over these last five years. And historically, we're, we're now going into six years, which is an unprecedented period of lack of success if it continues in 2022. Everybody outside of Pittsburgh is betting that it will continue. 
And all of this is a worrying thought, and we only can watch as it unfolds. And of course, it starts unfolding this coming week in St. Vincent at Latrobe. That's when the sun, the sweat will determine what your Steelers are going to look like come September. And we'll be watching it all, and we'll be reporting on it for you here, and we'll be getting the best takes and the best memes in the print column on Penn Live. So sign up for the podcast fresh every Wednesday afternoon, wherever you download your favorite audio, get it automatically delivered. And of course, log on to penlive.com anytime for your real-time Steelers news. See you in Latrobe.